right. Well, good morning again, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We'll uh, officially welcome everybody that's listening via the podcast. Uh, thank y'all for joining us how you can. Um, I'll, I'll pray here in just a second, but if you want to go ahead and find the book of Philippians, please, we'll get started there. At least that's what we say, right, Chris? We at least uh, try to start somewhere. At least in... T- <laughs> Chris always picks on me because, well, all right, what verse are you actually going to, Brad? You say, let's start in Philippians, and then we, we never do. What verse are you actually starting in? But, Lord, we love you so much. So grateful to be here today. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the word. Thank you for your spirit. Teach us and train us together in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we've been talking about, and just to kind of a little bit of a review of the past uh, few weeks, if you haven't or you're not, uh, we do have a podcast for our sermons so if you go to uh, whatever your podcast engine is on your device and just type in Life of Faith North, you'll find us. And it's right there and you can catch up. Uh, but we've been talking about who has God put in your heart. Anybody kind of got an idea on that now? Just a show of hands we talk about. This is our fourth or so week. You may want to raise your hand and say, yeah, I kind of know who that is. Got one brave soul. Thank you very much for that. A couple of people, good. How many of you are like, nope, Brad, so I ain't got a clue. Don't know who's there. Anybody want? No. All right, this morning, y'all kind of look at me funny. But who has God put in your heart? And really want us to focus as we start this year that, that as believers, we should be who-centered more than what-centered. Right? Who-centered more than what-centered. Uh, Again, so much of what we teach in the church world and even in our culture is what? Well, what are you going to be when you grow up? Well, what are you going to do? Well, what's your career? Well, what? Or even this, what does God ask you to do? What? And we're very what-centered. And and I've noticed that we have kind of not become or remained who-centered. Right? So whom has God put in your heart? We looked at it for a few weeks First or Second Corinthians chapter uh, eight, when Paul's talking about Titus, and he says, "Thanks be unto God, who put the same earnest care for you into the heart of Titus." And then we looked at it last week in Philippians in the second chapter when Paul speaks of Timothy. He says, "I have no one as like-minded as Timothy who earnestly cares for you just like I do." So again, we see that in Paul's ministry, they were very who-centered. And from who came what? And I've often wondered now recently if there's a lot of believers who are struggling to know what God is asking of them to do with their life. And that's because they don't know who they're doing it for. They're trying to figure out what to do, but they don't know who it's for. And so I want us to be who-centered because once we identify who God has put in our heart, then he'll show us what to do to serve them, what to do to help them, what to do to grow them. Does that make sense? So with that, I want us to look at some things about what, then what does being people-centered look like? What does it look like to have people in your heart? And some of this will be now moving more into the mechanics of this. Some things that will help us see on, on kind of a twofold side, identify to a degree, okay, well, this is what that does look like to be person-centered. But also, I think it'll help you identify if you're here and you don't know who God has put in your heart. 
you'll probably hear some of these things and you're like, oh, I do that for so-and-so. And you're already doing it. Many times what happens is, is following God is a process of discovery more than it's a process of creation. You discover what's already been on the inside of you, who's already been on the inside of you before it's just creating. Does that make sense? Am I doing good? So anyway, Philippians, the first chapter. We looked at this a little bit more, and I'm going to read a lot of scripture today. I'm going to read a lot of scripture from Philippians. Here in a little bit, we're going to go to the book of 1 Thessalonians, and we're just going to do kind of what I do. I'm just going to kind of walk us through scripture. We'll pause and talk about it a little bit, and then just keep reading. Does that make sense? So here in Philippians chapter 1, verse 3, Paul says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. So number one, who are you thankful for? Right? Do you have people that you're thankful for? Who are those people? Can you name them? Let me ask you, have you told them thank you? Have you told them, hey, I'm thankful for you. Hey, I'm grateful for you. Right? And then I love it. Upon every remembrance of you, who do you remember? Who keeps coming up into your memory? Who keeps coming up to your thoughts and to your mind? Guys, listen, many times that's the Holy Spirit bringing people to your mind. Right? He is helping you remember who those people are. That's him. So I love this that Paul, but also listen, and I want you to listen as we read. Listen to, the, again, this is the Apostle Paul, but listen to how Paul's heart was so people-centered. So part of today's reading is, is listen to how people-centered Paul was. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making request for you with joy. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will complete that work until the day of Jesus Christ. Just as it was right for me to think this of you all. I love that. Who do you think about? Who, keep, who keeps coming to your mind? Do you see Paul's focus on people? He's thankful for them. He remembers them. He thinks about them. He prays for them. Who are you praying for? Right? Well, I think, again, and not, not to be totally mean, just right out the gates. I'll get meaner as I get up to But is, uh, But, you know, <laughs> right? You know, we, we talked about that. You know, it's interesting how little Paul prayed for himself. And how much Paul prayed for other people. Right? And we said that a couple of weeks ago. That if I'm running around going, Chris, pray for me. Delane, pray for me. Kevin, pray for me. And if all of my things are like, me, 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 pray for me. No, me, 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 I need, me, pray for me. Then that might mean I'm the only person in my heart. Right? <laughs> right? You know, and, and we got to make sure that there's a whole lot. Now, please hear me. I'm not saying it's wrong to have people pray for you. Y'all heard me say that, right? I'm not saying it's wrong for you to say, hey, yeah. But I'm just saying if, if all the prayers I'm looking for are just about me, or if all the prayers I'm praying are just about me, then I might have become a quite self-centered Christian. Right? Because the Apostle Paul, we looked at that. I mean, you know, who, who, again, remember, who wants to join Paul's ministry? Anybody want to join Paul's ministry team? You know, he was beaten a lot. He was shipwrecked, right? Thrown in prison, right? It didn't sound like a whole lot of fun, you, you know what I mean, going through. 
And in all the stuff that Paul went through, he never really said, pray for me. Right? His thing was, I'm praying for you. Constantly, always in my prayers for you. So who are you praying for? Right? Who is there? Those are indicators of the people that God is putting in your heart. Let's keep going. He says, I have you in my heart in as much as both in my chains and in the defense and the confirmation of the gospel. You are all partakers with me of grace. For God is my witness how greatly I long for you with the affliction of Jesus Christ. Again, who do you long for? Right? Who do you long for? Who is it that is there that you long for that you're like, man, we're going to read some more about that in just a little bit because we're getting this. And in verse 9, it says this, then Paul says, and this I pray. Again, throughout the New Testament, I found seven prayers of Paul. We're very familiar with the two prayers in the book of Ephesians and one prayer in the book of Colossians. But here is one of Paul's prayers. So this is a prayer that you can pray for yourself, over yourself, and for other people. Right? Again, you can look through at Paul's prayers and his letters. And, and again, we're not, we're not ones that repeat prayers. We're instructed in Scripture. We don't just, like, if you will, like a lot of religions do, we don't just have these... And I'm going to pick on some people, so please nobody throw rocks. You know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And many people, they'll just repeat the prayer, but there's nothing going on. It's just the repeating of the prayer, right? But you can look at these prayers as patterns of ways to pray. And especially in Paul's prayers and his letters. Again, there's seven of them. You can go find them. This is one I'm going to point out. Paul says, I pray this. This is what I pray. And guys, this is what I... Now, in, in the last month or so, I've been praying for each and every one of you. This has been my prayer currently for us. I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. It continues that, and this is still what he's praying, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and guys, and without offense, can I just stop there real quick? We need to get to a place where we are without offense. Because one of the biggest things that hinders us letting people into our hearts is offense. Right? We've been offended somewhere. Someone has done something to me. They have hurt my feelings. Right? They've done whatever, and I've been offended. Right? We have to be careful and on guard because offense will keep you insulated from people. Offense will keep you from opening your life up to people because you'll be like, well, that dirty, stinking, rotten Brad, you know, he got me that time. Now I'm not going to trust any other preacher. Okay, are you with me? Come on, yeah. Right, I'm not going to trust anybody else. Right. And you got to be careful. And that was one of Paul's prayers. He says that you be sincere and without offense. Now here, get real quick for, didn't mean to go there, but let's go there real quick, okay? So we talk about offense. Remember, there's, there's about three principal types of offense that happen in everybody's life. There's what I call, now these are Brad's terms, what I call true offense. Meaning somebody truly went to hurt you. Does that mean, 
You know, I walked up to Carl and I just went pow and I smacked him. Right. I wanted to do it. I felt like doing it. I felt like he deserved it. Whatever happened. Right. And I went after Carl and I hurt Carl. Right. That would be true offense. You know, and there's times that that's happened. People truly with maliciousness come to hurt you. Right. That can happen. Now, that's probably the rarest of all of the offenses. You realize that most people, they do the second type of offense. Right. They hurt you unintentionally. Right. You've heard me jokingly say this before. You know, the proverb writer said this. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Have y'all ever heard that, that proverb before? Faithful are the wounds of the friend. And many people didn't realize they weren't your friend. Right? <laughs> right? You know, they were coming to help you. And they were coming as faithful are the wounds of a friend. And I forgot, okay, wait a minute. I got to be friends with Carl first before I can faithfully wound him. Right? <laughs> right. But if Carl and I aren't friends yet, all I'm doing is poking him. Right. I'm just hurting him. And many people, they don't mean to. And if I can say this and you understand, most ministers don't mean to. Most ministers unintentionally hurt people. They don't mean to. Right. It just happens. It's an accident. That's probably one of the largest sides of offense, and you need to remember that. Many times when people hurt you, start off with, ah, they didn't mean to. They thought we were friends. It was unintentional. Until you can actually show, no, they meant to. And that's a different critter. Does that make sense? But the most dangerous of all the three offenses is third-person offense. Right, third person offense is the most dangerous when you get b offended on behalf of somebody else. Right, I, I remember as an illustration, the story that always sticks out to me when I talk about this is I heard the story, a true story, of a of a brother and a sister, who their daddy dies, and the sister goes up to the brother and well, I'm sure glad that sorry so something died. Does that make? And, and, and the brother's like, pardon? She goes, yeah, I remember when we were kids and, and I came in and daddy was just wearing you out and, and he had no right to do that and nothing. And from that day forward, I was offended at my dad. And the brother stopped and said, no, 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 let me back up. I had that one coming because daddy had told me, and I had done this repeatedly, so I was in the wrong. But you listen to that story, so here's a, a young lady that because she didn't understand the whole story, she didn't understand what was going on, she got third-person offense against her dad, and it affected her whole life. Does that, so we have to be careful about third-person offense. Remember, people who ride in in their shiny armor on their white horse, white horses have a way of biting you in the backside. <laughs> they have a way of getting you, right? You know, the Bible again in Proverbs says, hey, don't, don't cast judgment on a matter until you've heard all about the matter. Amen. Right? Until you've heard all the sides of what's going on, don't really get yourself too far and involved until you know everything that is going on. Oh, absolutely. Because, you know, there's, there's almost no integrity with reporters. Mm -hmm. They will write things and they will word things 
sort of ways just to prove offense out of people. Oh, absolutely. Cause offense about something yeah. that's going on. Well, and that's a tool of the enemy to do that. Well, it is. It is. Well, well, we live in a very offended culture these days. We live in a heavily offended and easily offended culture these days. Right? But here again, the prayer of Paul is, is I pray that you be sincere and without offense. Does that make sense? That you be live a life free of offense. Amen? So just be on guard. Those are those three kinds of offense you want to be careful with. Right? And, and again, and to your point, Kevin, remembering, I'll probably all heard this, remember there are three sides to every story. Right? There's your side and my side, and somewhere in the middle is probably the truth. Right? So you, you got to hear all sides of a matter, but what you're seeking is truth, and truth will help you live offended free. Right? And again, if I can say it like this, because many times when you find out what's going on, many times you understand people a whole lot better. Oh, yeah, I can see why you're bitter. I might be bitter if I had to put up with your mother-in-law too, right? I mean, you know, if, if I had to, if I had to live where, if I had to, the, if I had to walk a mile in your shoes, my toes would hurt too, right? I have blisters on my feet too, so so it's important to understand that. Now that's one side. Did y'all hear that? That's the one side about offense. Be careful of that. There is intentional offense. Most offense is accidental, and I think if we could live in a way where we have that in mind, they they didn't mean to. They, 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 were, they, they, they meant me good. They thought we were friends, and they just got me, and they just forgot we weren't friends yet, right? And then don't pick up third-party offense. Don't get offended on behalf of another person. Now, like I said, there's two sides to every story about not being, living in offense. You know, the other side of not living in offense is don't be offensive, you know, many, how many of you have heard good preachers like me, you're up here, we're preaching about living an offended free life. And you've heard about live free from offense. But I have yet to hear a lot of people talk about, well, hey, don't be the offendor. Yeah. Right? Don't, you know, I remember Pastor Mark was teaching on this to our uh, Irondale campus a couple of years ago. And he, the Holy Spirit gave him this visual for some of the people. It was like, he says, some of you have like porcupine quills stuck in your heart where people... You know, people have offended you. And y'all know how porcupine quills work? You know, porcupine quills are barbed on the end. And they stick in you. And if you don't get them out quickly, they just keep working deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And so it was a great little visual that the Holy Spirit gave Pastor Mark. When I heard him preaching the message, I kept thinking, but yeah, but what if you're the porcupine? (laughs) I said, we got to teach the side of the sermon that is don't be the porcupine. Right, okay, yes, let us learn how to be free from offense coming from others, but also, Lord, let me learn how to not be offensive. Help me not be the porcupine, that I'm not the one running around sticking everybody in their heart because I don't know how to be nice. Come on, are you with me? I mean, can y'all better say this? Say, just be nice, right? So why don't you look at your neighbor or somebody and go, just be nice. Just be nice, right? Just, just be nice. You know, the Bible says if you, if you desire, right? The Bible says if you desire to have a friend, be friendly, right? Does that make sense? Uh, again, so let's work on that as well. And we'll maybe we'll unpack some more of that there. But, but living a life without f- offense 
So I'm not going to receive offense and I'm not going to give offense. Right? Again, not giving offense. Be quick to say I'm sorry. Right? And be quick to explain where you were coming from. Right? Because many times, you know, again, we live in a bit of an arrogant culture. Can I just be a little bit blunt with us? Yeah. We, we as Americans can be a little bit arrogant. Right? I, mean, if, I mean, again, many of you know, we, Selena and I lived outside of our country for almost 20 years. We lived outside of the United States. And you understand that as Americans, we're known for three things globally. Right? We're known for weak coffee. Mm-hmm. That's so mean. Bad beer. <laughs> we're, we're, <laughs> our coffee's weak, our beer is bad, and we're known for being rude. <laughs> and being arrogant. Mm-hmm. Even, the South. Even in the South. Everywhere. I've, I've been all over. But listen, I, I say that for like this, is be real quick to say you're sorry. Right? Be real quick to tell where you're coming from. Be real quick. Not that you have to go around and explain yourself to everybody, but we live in a culture where it's the reverse. Well, I got to tell. I ain't explain myself to nobody. Damn <laughs> it! Bless God. Right? Or have you heard about this? Well, I'm about grown. <laughs> have y'all heard that phrase before? Yeah. And normally it's used in connection with being rude. Yeah. Right? Or people say, "Well, you know, I'm I'm X Y Z number of years old. I can do whatever in the world I want to." Have you heard that one before? <laughs> you know, I'm X, Y, Z old and I can do what I want to. I can say what I want to. I can act like I want to because now I have earned the right through age to be rude. Yeah. And we've never earned the right to be rude. Right? Never. Right. Y'all look at me kind of funny now. Are y'all with me? Amen. Right? I mean, the whole fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, gentleness. There's a whole fruit in there called kindness. Just be kind. Right? That'll help you be offense-free. Right? Actually, all the fruits of the Spirit, if you look at them, a great way to live offense-free. Not only from the side of it'll help you be Teflon-coated from offense coming to you, but it'll help you not be offensive. Love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, kindness, meekness, self-control. Right? Come on. Does that make sense? Are, are you with me? Amen. Amen. Just those things right there will help you not live an offensive life, right? So anyway, so be sincere without offense till the day of Christ. Being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So notice again, notice this prayer of Paul, what Paul said he prayed over the Philippians, that their love would abound. We're going to come back and talk about that more in the coming weeks, that they would approve the things that are excellent, that they would be sincere and without, let me talk about this, the sincere part, and I don't know if y'all have ever heard this phrase, in, in the Greek language, the word sincere roughly translated means without wax, and what it talked about was it was a potter's term where when they would make pottery, if the pottery cracked, the potter would fill in the crack with wax and then finish painting out the pottery so there would be a crack in it, but you couldn't tell because it all, was all prettied up, right? 
that was called being insincere. Because that thing wasn't, it looked good on one side, but it, it had cracks in it. Right here, Paul says you need to live a life without wax. I'm going to let that one sit there just for a second. Because in the South, we all got our game face, don't we? Come on now, y'all looking at me? We all got our little thing we put on in church. Don't let them see you sweat. We wax. Uh, we, we, wax. We, we live a life filled with wax in many cases. Huh? Well, some of it is fake it till you make it. A lot of it is, is it's, okay, so hey, I'll tell you this. How many of you ever heard of the word pretension? Everybody heard of that word before or being pretentious? Okay, good. I'm so glad to hear that because when we first moved back to Alabama, I used that word once in a leader's meeting and everybody looked at me and said, you made that word up. <laughs> and I'm like going, no, that's just English. Let's go to a dictionary and let's look up the word pretension. And, and I'm in a group of People and they they seriously thought I was blowing smoke, you know what I mean? And I just had made words up. There was no, I've never heard that word in my whole life. I'm like, well, sorry, it's right here. But we all understand that word, right? Pretension, a pretense, putting on a pretense or being pretentious, right? Again, we look one way, right? But it's not really, and that's what Paul's saying. He says, don't be pretentious, right? Hey, listen to me, you know, as we talk about, let people see your cracks. That's okay. Now, again, be on one side. Now, the other side is we got a lot of folks out there that they crack themselves just so you can see the crack. You know, whoa, I'm busted. Right? And we got, so don't go into hyper bust, right, where you're creating, you know what I mean? Because y'all look at me funny, right? It's because now it's cool to have a problem. Right now, it's cool to have an issue. Now, it's cool to have this thing where let me tell you about my issue. Oh, yes, and my issue. And, and now, so I'm not talking about going into that ditch, right? But for many of us, you know, let people see what's going on. Be, and that's what Paul was saying. He says, Hey, here, I pray that you are sincere, that, that you're not living a life where you've tried to fill in all the cracks and hide what's going on so nobody can see from the outside what's going on, right? Again, many of y'all know I come from the Word of Faith circles, right? And I love our Word of Faith. Uh, people are listening out there on, on podcast. I, I'm not bashing us. I'm just, I can talk about us because I'm one of us, right? Does that make sense? And so, but in the Word of Faith circles, you know, you'd walk up to somebody and say, hey, Carl, how are you doing? And normally the answer would be, I'm blessed and highly favored of the Lord. Glory to God, amen. I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above only and not beneath. And, and they go in this, Thing and I'm like, well, that's all true and good, but how are you? <laughs> Does that make sense? You know, what's what's going on, or you know, and uh huh. Yeah. 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 You don't know what to do, right? <laughs> don't don't live a life without wax. Or live a life without wax. I mean, some of that stuff is, is, is trying to put wax in your life. I'm not let you going to see what's going to be okay, right? Does that make sense? Now, do y'all hear the balance? I'm not saying being whining and complaining and moaning. Nobody likes to hang out with a whiner, right? But on the other hand, when people genuinely come up and say, hey, how are you? Right? Again, I, I try to sit there and say, if I'm having a rough day, so well, today's been rough. Amen. Praise God, it's going to get better. But right now... 
talking to me in this second? Yeah, it's been a tough day. X, Y, and Z happened, right? That's okay. Yeah, then they can believe with you, but just let people know you. Does that make sense? Let people. Yeah, not every day is going to be awesome. Now, again, is this okay? I know this is, I'm kind of way off notes here, but is this all right? Because, I mean, you understand that? Um, now, again, not every day is going to be awesome. Now, some people, y'all need to have a good day just by accident. Because <laughs> some folks, every day is horrible, right? I mean, and you talk to them and they're like got the spirit of Eeyore. All over them, right? It's only me. Why bother? I don't know. I guess it's rain. I mean, you know, well, don't let the spirit of Eeyore take over on one side because then nobody wants to hang out with you. Amen. But you know what? Not every day is going to be awesome. And it's okay to say today kind of kind of tough. Today stinks. X, Y, Z. Can we be real with each other? Right, especially when you're talking about, when you can identify people that are in your heart, be real with them. Tell people what's going on. Right now, here's the one that comes up, and I anyway, now we're going all kinds of places, right? You know, because because then it's the whole thing about where everybody's afraid of gossip. How many lives afraid of gossip? Anybody say that? I don't want to gossip. Yeah. So here's your official. This is your pastor's definition. This will help you know whether or not you're gossiping. Been the most helpful piece of information I've picked up in church life. Probably ever. All right. If you're part of the problem or part of the solution, you're not gossiping. Do you hear me? If, you, if you're part of the problem or you're part of the solution, you're not gossiping. You, you're fixing. You're resolving. You're reconciling. Now, if, you're, if you hear something, you're like, oh, I'm not part of that problem. You can say, are you asking me to be part of the solution? Right? Because sometimes people are coming and they don't know how to ask you to help them because they've been pretentious. So they start gossiping, but it's a secret cry for help. Well, let me tell you about. Right? And then you can stop it. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, I can see that I'm not part of this problem. Are you asking me to be part of the solution? Because if you're asking me to be part of the solution, I'm about to step in and help, but I'm going to step in and help. Yeah. Right? And if you don't want help, then I'm all done. Because now we're just gossiping. Does, does, does that make sense? Yeah. Are you part of the problem or are you part of the solution? If you're not either identifiably ask which they're trying to do, are you trying to let me, do you want me to come in as part of the solution? What if you're part of the problem? What if you're part of the problem? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it could be. A, yeah, you could be part of the problem. I don't know. You could be there. I mean, and now here's the thing. You, you might need to, this is talking about real life. You need to be, hey, Brad, you're the problem. Right? I mean, <laughs> you, know, you know, people sit there and, you know, Brad, you're, you're part of the problem. You're, you're part of what's going on. Okay, well, cool. Tell me what I'm done. Right? I tell people all the time, if you don't tell me what's going on, I don't have a shot at fixing it. Right? And especially if it is in any way connected to me. All right, can I just say that out loud officially? Again, I said this last week. Remember, I, I probably one day might hurt you. I hope it's all in the second part of offense where I did it accidentally. Does that make sense? But can we just make a commitment? Hey, just come talk to me. Right? 
especially in the church world. You know, if I hurt your feelings, just walk with it. Brad, you have hurt my feelings. Now, I love it. He's not with us anymore. I love uh, Pastor Mike, Brother Mike Julian, who has started the church with us. Anybody all here when Brother Mike was with us? Or is everybody somewhere Brother Mike was with us? And he, he passed away in uh, 2020 due to COVID uh, and lost a great brother. But I loved him. He would, we, we talked about this in the early days of the church. Probably good that we talked about it again. And I said the same things. And so I could always tell Mike would come up. And, he, and if you knew him, kind of had a little pot belly. And he kind of, and he had kind of cock his hip out and put his hand on there. And he'd look at you a certain way. And he goes, I'm, I'm offended at you. <laughs> and he'd say that to me. He'd say, I'm offended at you, Brad. I said, oh, let's talk about it, Mike. What's going, what do I do now? What, what's going on? And he'd, and he'd tell me, well, you said this or that, or you did this, or you didn't do this or that. And I said, you know, and we walked it out. And it was great. Can we just do that as a church family? Does that make sense? Can we just do that? Amen. That you just come, if I ever do something, just come and say, Brad, you know what? I'm just kind of, I'm just kind of pissed at you right now. I'm just, just kind of, <laughs> right? I'm just kind of upset. Okay, well, let's talk about it. Can we just love each other enough to be sincere? Live without wax. Live without pretense. Pretending everything is okay when it's obvious to everybody around it's not okay. But we won't let people see what's going on. Again, you hear me, not crossing over into complaining. This is a, keep your finger here. Go with me to 1 Corinthians, and let's look at that side. Is this all right this morning? Well, it's good. I'm so glad, Mary, so glad. <laughs> 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and let's look at this, because I want to make sure I'm talking about this offense part well, and this living life well, uh, this uh, sharing life well with each other. Um, verse 6 of chapter 10, 1 Corinthians, it says, Now these things became our examples to the, to the intent that we should not lust after the evil things as they lusted. Now where Paul is talking about is he's talking about the children of Israel when they were exiting Egypt and wandering in the desert, Right? And he says, and do not become idolaters as some of them did. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and they rose up to play. Nor let us commit sexual immorality as they did. And in one day, 23,000 died. Nor let us tempt Christ as some of them tempted him and were destroyed by serpents. Now notice verse 10. Nor complain as some of them complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. So please hear me when I talk about sharing things with our life, right? I'm not talking about, we got to be careful not to enter into complaining. Have you ever heard this before, right? When it says, well, they opened the door to the devil. I love that phrase, right? You know, most people say, well, they opened the door to the devil. Yes. My question is this. My background raising it was almost to the point to where if you say anything negative about what's going on, it is complaining. Very good. Yes. So very good. Awesome. Let's talk about it. Great question, Katie. That's good. So, um, man, how do you say, you got a little girl, right? Does she whine? Oh, yeah. Right. And you can tell the difference, right? When there's a problem that needs to be found out what's going on, and I'm just whining. I'm just complaining. Right? So some of that is just, it's, it's heart attitude that's there. Uh, but let me come back to, but the stop is very few people, they say, 
They opened the door to the devil. Hold on. Keep your finger here. Go to 1 John chapter 5. I know. God gave you, God gave you, God gave you 10 fingers because he knew he'd make me a pastor, right? So that's why. God. <laughs> 1 John chapter 5. I just want to be careful with this, right? 1 John chapter 5 and verse 18. It says this, we know that whoever is born of God, who's born of God in here? Can I see raise a hand if you're born of God? I love this. Whoever is born of God does not sin. Everybody say that out loud. Say, I'm born of God and I don't sin. That's going to that's gonna be new for some of y'all. And just give that some thought and I'm going to move on. It's a whole other sermon for a whole other day. But he who has been born of God keeps himself. Now, what he means is, is guards himself. Now, notice this last phrase. And the wicked one does not touch him. Amen. Say that. Say, the wicked one does not touch me. Amen. Aren't you glad about that? So I want to make sure we're real clear as we talk about open the door to the devil. The wicked one does not touch you. Right. However, when we whine and complain... We open a door to the devil to that area of our life. Not to you, but to that area. Right? So again, if I start whining about Selena, well, man, 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 man. She's not here to defend herself or anything. So I, you know, why does she why does she do that? Why doesn't she do that? Right? We know about complaining, right? Right? If, I, if I whine about and complain about my wife, I can't be shocked when my marriage isn't good. I can't be shocked when things start to come in and meddle with my marriage. Right? If I complain about my job, I can't be shocked when my job doesn't go well. You know, look, at this is not rocket surgery, right? You know what I mean? When I whine and complain about stuff, I open a door to the devil to that area of my life. Now, you are okay. The wicked one can't touch you, right? Does that make sense? But that area, whatever it was you complained about, yep, you kicked the door wide open and said, come on in, right? Bring it. Now, how do you know it's the difference, as Katie said, between now you're told by some people, don't say, if you ain't got something nice to say. (laughs) Don't sit next to me. Don't say nothing at all, right? <laughs> you know, well, the difference is, again, it's, it's, Katie, it's really about heart attitude, right? And this is where, again, back to somewhat understanding who's in your heart, right? Understanding who God has put in your life and who, who God has put into your heart. Because sometimes it's the how you go somewhere and you're, you're asking for help. Hey, let me tell you what's going on. Because I need some help processing what's going on. Like again, so Celine and I just see how Celine and I have people in our lives that are like our pastors. They're also like friends to us. And we've gone to them and, and they're the ones we go to when we need to, hey, we, we need some help. Right? We need some help resolving some things going on with us. Right? I'm not complaining about her, but, I, but we need help. There, we can't come to a resolution together like we normally do. We need, if you will, another person involved to help us see outside of ourselves. Because sometimes, again, emotions might be high. Feelings are running high. Again, all kinds of other stuff might be going on. And you just need a third person to kind of go, stop it. You know? 
Does that make sense? <laughs> you know, that, or that's no big deal. Don't worry about the huh? And a complainer is not interested in help. Yes, and a com- they just want to dump on you and move on. They don't want your opinion. Mm-hmm. They don't want you to try to help them or yeah. make it better or encourage them. They just want to. They just want to complain. Yeah, and complaining becomes a habit, right? Just like Thanksgiving and gratitude become a habit. Does that make sense? Are y'all 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 all right? Yes, one more thing. Yeah. And I need you to listen, and I want to you're valid here, this is going on, this is real, right there, this, that's, I can see. But at the same time, you see that you're the problem, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I thought sometimes what happens is some of us need to get those people in your life. Yeah. You need somebody to go to and say, I just need to say something. And I need you then to talk to me. And then talk to me. Yeah. But then the part of what I'm talking about now is not being offended is you have to be willing to say, well, if I share that with you, That's right. Yeah. Well, and Audra, and I think that's what Katie's saying is many times in the church world we haven't helped because we've been told, well, that's complaining or that's being negative or that's being anti faith. Yeah. <laughs> what? Well, yeah. And your life blows up. And, you know, so, so how did the differences is A, is your heart attitude? You know that. Am I just going to whine and complain? I just want to go, nyeh, 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 nyeh. you know what I mean? Or am, am I going because I, I, I need somebody, I'm going for help. I'm going to resolve this. I, okay, something's going on and I want the wisdom of God and I want to come and I want to walk out God's way. I just need help. Mm-hmm. Well, when we need help and we're genuine, and I love what Audra said in case it didn't make it on the recording, is go have those people. That's why, again, knowing who's in your heart and, and, and there's two folks. There's, help me with this Holy Spirit. There's, there's knowing who's in your heart because sometimes you're that for somebody else. And you need to know who's, how do I say it? What's the English? So there's people who God has put in my heart, but I need to know who has God put me in their heart. Does that make sense? There's two ways, the two sides of this. I need to know, okay, well, yeah, God has, again, God has put you know, you guys here as our church, you guys are in mine and Selena's heart. God has put you in our heart, right? And, and I, 
and I know it's I know it's that way too. But you got to know that that's too. Does that make sense? You you, you got to be both sides, right? Because I mean, because sometimes God will put somebody in your heart, and and He's put them in your heart, but you're not in their heart yet. So those people you don't go and bear your soul to, because you may kill them, right? I mean, again, because they may they may be looking at you going. I thought you were awesome. And, and now I found out you're not awesome. And I don't know what to do. And, you know, and so, so you need to kind of know. Because well, here's a good point we've got to say. Because, again, typically when God puts somebody in your heart, in many cases, you're the stronger one. You're there to be the example for them. Right? Because you're leading them forward. Now, sometimes it can. And it's wonderful when that's mutual. Right, not always is it's mutual, and that's not that's not any negative. That's just we're all there, right? But I also need to know. Well, but God, I know God has put me in other ministers' hearts, right? And I go to them. But when we go there, they know, and I know. Okay, we're not complaining. I, I just need help. I'm not seeing this right. I'm not under. I don't know how to apply the word in this way or whatever, and just. And I like altar, so here it is. Here's the issue, and I'm going to be honest, right? But then that also means, and I'm giving you permission to now be the faithful fan. Now wound me. Go ahead, stab me. Go ahead. I'm ready. Cut me. Cut on me a little bit. I got to got to get this off of me. Does that make sense? And it's got to be the. And that's the other side of how you know you're not complaining is because you're actually saying, okay, now, now operate on me, help me. So that I can, I can get stronger, I can get better, I can grow, whatever words fit for you. Does that make sense? Right, and, and, that's it. and it's okay. But I want us to make sure real clear because in the church world, we, again, I just, we have lived a whole lot, and especially in our flavor of Christianity, right? The, the word of faith, the grace circles, even Pentecostal circles, this kind of stuff, uh, we don't. We, 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 we got our face on, right? We got, our, we got a life full of wax and we don't go to anybody, like Audrey was saying. We don't go to any, nobody knows what's going on. Hello, are you with me? And that's dangerous. Remember we said uh, the last couple of, of Thursday nights, how many of us got gaps? Who's got a gap? All right, good. Some of y'all, if y'all that had made it on Thursday nights, we'll talk about this. Do you understand that as believers, we all have gaps? And what I mean by gaps is, is I can read the Bible and I'm reading. And I go, wow, that's amazing. I ain't there. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I can read it in the word and I can look at my life and go, there's a gap. <laughs> right? <laughs> Right There's a gap between what I read here and what's actually going on here, and there's a gap. Now, praise God, there's grace for the gap. Everybody say that. Say, there's grace for my gap. Right? There's grace for the... But we all got gaps. Right? So please hear me. That's okay. We all got gaps. The idea is we want to go to Father, to the Word, and then to each other with the heart of, Lord, help me close the gap. Help me close the gap on what I see here as true and where my life is actually today. Help me close that gap. Now, if you're going to be, that's a wonderful, painful process. Does that make sense? 
you know, it's kind of like a, to tell a story. It's like, so if you know my wife, again, she's not here. I can pick on her. She's not here a lot. So she's, no, she's, she's preaching at another church. She's good. So it's all good. Now, I'll go and confess later and she'll be, but no, it's a, but, a, but, you know, Selena loves massages, right? That's her thing. She likes massages. She's the massage queen. She is so funny. I'll tell myself now. So she actually went and she is actually a licensed chair massage giver, whatever that person is. Right. And when she was going through her training in Canada, I hate massages. I don't know why that does not tickle me at all. Like it does not bring me great joy and pleasure at all. And so she was so upset. She's like, I, I got to practice. I said, well, find somebody else. <laughs> I mean, and she and her like, like, you mean you don't want a massage? I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good. You know? And so anyway, but we were in Thailand doing our missions training. And in Thailand, there's Thai massages. And they're like these two and a half, three hour long uh, experiences that, man, are pain. Well, she had a great time. I was in agony. I was like tortured. You know, this lady, you know, she, there's, you know, there's your shin bone. And apparently there's this magic something that you're supposed to be able to massage down your shin bone that I guess for the rest of the world feels really good. For me, you had to peel me off the ceiling like a cat because, I mean, it was like, you know, all this stuff going. And so, so sometimes, you know, go and it's like that. Sometimes closing, and I'm, I'm just going to be real, real with you, okay? Sometimes closing the gap is painful. Yes. Not because God meant it to be painful. Not because God wants it to be painful. But because we're closing the gap on something. Which, again, anytime you're closing the gap, is you're, you're normally giving up an old way of believing or an old way of thinking or an old whatever. And it could be generational, right? It could. It's deep. It's, I mean, again, right? It's, it's out over there, right? And then it comes and moves forward this way. But God's bringing you to life and he's bringing you to his way. And his, his things, and you have to be willing to walk through the gap. And you have to be willing to say, Lord, whatever. I, I mean, again, I'm, I'm starting over here with where I am today. And again, from your word, I can see where you want us all to be. And it's over there. And you're closing this gap. And I'm willing to let the word. Again, it's why Jesus said about the word and to his disciples, he says, this is the sharpest implement on planet earth, right? This is the sharpest. This is the, the, the two-edged, razor-sharp sword of the spirit. And in John, I think it's chapter 15, John, turned, uh, John talking about Jesus, Jesus says to them, basically, now take the word and prune yourself. Does that make sense? Do you ever see like... A, a, you know, again, I hear movie references. If you haven't seen these, I'll try to give a bunch. Did anybody watch that Master and Commander movie? I loved it. Most people will hate it, right? Basically, real quick, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a movie about a ship that's going to the Galapagos Islands, and it's got all this stuff, and I love all kinds of things sea-related. Uh, it's so funny at the point that we came out when we lived in Mexico, and everybody knew I love ships and tall ships and the ocean and all the sea stuff. I, that's my thing. I like it. I uh, get seasick as I'll get out, but I still like it and, uh, and stuff. And uh, so they, the church people knew so well. I went and saw when it came out. I saw that movie like seven times, not because I wanted to, but because everybody bought me tickets because they, 
they knew I wanted to see it. So I had like this surprise all week. Hey, Pastor Brad, we bought you tickets. I'm like, oh, wow, great. Thank you. you know, they're gonna, one more time. I don't care how good you like the movie. Seven times in a row, you, you don't like the movie no more. But in the movie, there's a scene where one of the characters gets accidentally shot. He's the doctor on the ship. He's the only guy that can save his life. So they have this whole scene where somebody's holding it. He gets shot kind of down here in his belly and somebody's holding a mirror while he's looking in the mirror, reaching up into his own body and grabbing the bullet and pulling it out. And it's this one, you ever watch one of those movies where you feel it and you're kind of like, <laughs> you know, sometimes that's what it's like going to the word of God. <laughs> right. I say all that to say that, that, that that's what God said. He said, take the word of God. And I, will, I, by my spirit, will guide you, but you have to prune your life. I won't prune it for you. God, many times we do that. We go to the Lord, Lord, and just take this away. He, he, many times he'll say, okay, here, this is how I'll take it away. I need you to take this, and I need you to think my way. I need you to begin to order your life my way. Well, God, I've never seen that done before. I know. I need you to order. But God, if I do that, I'm going to have to disappoint. I, I know. God, if I do that, I might have to cut some people. I know. God, if I do that, I'm going to have to quit. Yeah, I know. But you're going to have to prune your own life with the word of God. Does that make sense? And, you're, and, and it's not always a pleasant process. It, it comes to the end and you're really pleasant and you're glad you did it. But, but the distance in the gap many times can be unpleasant because you have to be willing to let the Lord not only show you in your life what may need to be cut away, but the biggest and the hardest part is, is how do you say, you have to, have to get real comfortable with this saying this phrase, I was, I was ruh, ruh, ruh. <laughs> Remember the Fonz from Happy Days? I was, I was ruh, ruh, ruh. I was ruh, ruh. What's the word? I was Wrong. And sometimes the most painful part of the pruning process is you have to go, oh, I was wrong. <laughs> I've been wrong for 40 years. <laughs> my daddy was wrong and my granddaddy, I was, oh, we were wrong. That is not right. Uh, does that make sense? Right? Come on, are you with me? As, again, there's a, we all know this, this verse. Again, I think it's in the book of John where Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. But we kind of missed the point that what Jesus was saying was, is there's, there's a Jesus way to live the Jesus truth that takes you to the Jesus life. And many times we we just so have distance that we just think those are descript and they play, they are they're descriptors of him but he was actually giving you the pathway how do i how do i close the gap i have to start with well what is god's way and if i want to know and i'm serious about knowing his way then i have to go to his truth and let the truth tell me the way so i can get to actual life and in that process, you will find yourself having to prune and cut away and drop away beliefs, thought patterns, habits, sometimes associations, 
connections. Does that make sense? And you just let the Lord, and he'll show you, he'll be real faithful. You'll know, you, you know, this is, you'll, you'll know, because it, it'll be things you're like, uh, I, I, I got to do what? <laughs> Does that make sense? Ah, I got to, huh. Does that make sense? Does that help you? Amen. How am I doing? Okay, just a few more minutes and we'll land the plane. Amen. Does this make sense to you? This, that's the, is that how, that's the difference. And, and the difference in complaining is, is God, I want, I want, I want your, your life. Right? I want to know your way. I want to live in your truth. I want to experience your life and I will do it at all cost. Right? And I'll, and I'll go after it. And, and then when you talk to me, I'll, Lord, I'll do it. So let's go back then to Philippians. We'll land the plane here and I'll, I'll pick up. Man, I really, for weeks, I've been trying to get to 1 Thessalonians. And so maybe we'll, get, maybe we'll get there next week, Chris. Maybe. We'll see what happens. But back to Philippians. And let's do this. Because, guys, this is the prayer. So I'm going to close today. And I'm just going to pray this over us as a church family. If you're willing, and only if you're willing, I would invite you to let this be your prayer. Right? Philippians, the first chapter. And so, Father, right now, in Jesus' name, Lord, I just pray this over us as a church family. Lord, that our love would abound. Love that word, Father. That it would be super abundant. That it would spill out and run out across the floor. That it would be more than we've ever imagined. That our love would abound more and more in all knowledge and discernment. Lord, of who you are and who you've made us to be. Lord, that we would approve things that are excellent. Lord, that we would live a life without wax and be sincere with ourselves and with each other. Lord, that we would live a life free from offense. Lord, I just make that decision for me, Lord God. I just want to be free from offense, that no one can offend me. And Lord, help me, please, not to be offensive to others all the way to the day of your return. Lord, that my life, that our life would be filled with the fruits of righteousness that are in Jesus to your glory and to your praise. In Jesus' name.